everybody. As of today, two weeks are left to get enrolled into Platoon 27, our last virtual training retreat. I think we're going to do one in a year, but honestly, I can't make promises. I don't know what's happening with uh, as we're coming out of, you know what, the big C and things that are potentially coming down the pike. I, I just know this is the last one. Our next one will be in person. Uh, that's going to be a you know different investment of time and resources. So if you've ever thought about becoming an instructor, uh, and I know, I know it's a lot of online we've been doing. I get it. I get it. But you guys, this is good stuff to get. If you have struggled with your body, your body image, you obsess, you neglect, uh, and you have been blessed here through this ministry, you have been ministered to through the Revving the Words, the the podcast episodes, the challenges, the, the different things that we do, and you can't stop thinking about it. And if you close your eyes, And you might be so bold as to say, Lord, what would it look like if I stepped into this without fear? What vision might he give to you? And if he gives you one, come on, you guys, come on and get on in. Two weeks left gives you enough time to get in and get ready and prepare yourself. Get a couple of early bird teachings from me. Like I'm coaching. uh, I've been coaching for the last couple weeks every Friday for people that get in early. So I can get you ready to get the most out of this. If you have struggled trying to walk in freedom and really get this foundation set in you, that you are no longer a slave to fear, that you are a child of God, that you have broken up with that orphan spirit. Come on, let's go deep together. Um, Swipe up, show notes, swipe up and you'll get all the details. Two weeks left. So today I am bringing you our next conversation with my friends, Dawn and Renee. Uh, We are having a virtual retreat. (laughs) I think I just, let's, uh, virtual, right? Okay, I get it. But hey, we're going to keep delivering good news to you. And our hope is that you aren't just a consumer of this, that you are becoming a user of this. Like you are using it, putting into practice and teaching others, teaching others So if you're looking for a little change in your marriage, uh, willing to be taught, come to learn for yourself, bring your spouse with you, and I promise you God will do an incredible work. Don, Renee, and I will keep talking today about things in marriage. Uh, I believe we start to talk about the the SEX, sex, yes, we can say that, and the places where we just kind of get off and what we can do to get back on. I promise you, you will love Don Renee. You'll love them even more as you see them. They talk to you and teach you. They have truly changed my life and my relationship and my marriage. So, all right, be blessed by all this content today. If you want to attend the virtual retreat, swipe up. You want to attend the virtual instructor training, swipe up. And we look forward to seeing you somewhere developing yourself, growing in godliness, and becoming a application person. You apply what you are learning here. Calories in, calories out. Good news comes in, good news has got to go out. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.
All right, everyone. Once again, back with my friends Don and Renee Wooster. This is our second episode on marriage, and today we are jumping in. So, if you didn't further hear the first episode, maybe go back and listen to episode one before we jump into the like deep, deep end of the pool. We're going right in to talk about marriage and sex. We asked you guys questions, and you've got questions about sex, which I would like to just say I'm very proud of the Revelation Wellness community yeah. for saying. Would you talk about this? We want to talk about this. This is not something to be hidden or buried and shameful. And so we're going to bring it right up to the surface. So um, welcome back, Don Renee. Yes. yes. Thank you for welcome having back. us. And tell <coughs> us, what what would you have to say? What is it? Give us an overview, marriage, sex, and then we can pin it down maybe to what we're facing today when it comes to the idea of yeah. sex. Maybe we could talk about it in a few different ways, because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a few things that are hitting this area. Um, and in the faith community, I think one of the tricky parts is we have a lot of notions about what sex is going to be um, before we get married. And so yeah. if you have saved yourself, we've seen this where you've never talked about your bodies. You've never had um, all the things that happen regarding your body and responsiveness. And by the way, we love sex. We're big, big believers in sex, thinking it's great. You should be having it. We're advocating for it. Big advocates. Big advocates. Big fans and followers. (laughs) I'm shouting amen on the inside. I know you are. (laughs) So we, and and as it fits with the rev part, you go, it's your body. So right. we're following Christ with all of, all of who we are. Yep. And that's true inside of our marriage too. Right. Yep. So we're bringing our whole self into it. I think one of the misconceptions that is brought into marriage is that you're going to have Olympic sex the day you get married. Oh, that is so true. So, and so the day that you get married, you think we should be having out of the ballpark great sex, Mm. memorable. And the truth is uh, our bodies are this thing that we're discovering our whole life, right? So as we're learning about our bodies, if you would count it instead of going, we're in chapter one of understanding your body and my body and how we relate to one another. um, That's an important change to me because I think that's a progression, like anything, like knowing Christ, like knowing a friend, like understanding how to work out, like anything has a progression to it yeah. as far as uh, us being connected and having having sex and having good contact with one another and understanding. It is vulnerable because yeah. you're bringing everything of who you are into your bedroom yeah. and into the bed. So the things that you haven't been completely restored in, had um, healing yet, and, and being busy or having things in our mind, all those things are part of the the having sex. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting thing because I think in the church it's almost emotionally, in some unspoken way, that sex is the original sin. Mm. <laughs> sex is the original gift mm. that God mm-hmm. gives us to enjoy yeah. together. But there's this kind of shaming um sort of air that hangs over it that sometimes yeah. Christians are afraid of the power of sex. Yeah. That there's this sort of, uh, well, we're not going to talk about it. If you wait, it'll be great. Um, but uh, we don't talk. I, I heard a, a statistic some years ago that they asked congregations, um, what are the things you wish, you wish pastors would talk about more? 
And on the very top of the list was sex. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was a very high percentage of people. Um, and they asked pastors to rank the number of things they actually talked about. And the very lowest was sex. Um, which was an interesting contrast to sort mm. of go, like people are going, hey, so we have these bodies and these arousals and satisfactions. And and the church has gone a little dark. Yeah. And the culture, their culture has filled us with all kinds yes, of ideas, ideas mm-hmm. pictures, and mm-hmm. invitations. And so I think there's a bit of a gap, and I think it's um it's one that shouldn't be there, and that certainly there's nothing biblical about being quiet about sex. The Song of Solomon yeah. is a very passionate, sexualized, glorious pictures of people yeah. enjoying their bodies, yeah. their sexuality. Yeah. It's part of our spirituality. It's part of our whole scripture of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet somehow we've skipped over it. The world's filled in the blanks. And I think there's a lot of confusion at heart. Hmm. What about pornography? Can we talk about uh, that? And then I say that as a as a girl who grew up in a home where it was obviously around, um, I absolutely know for me as a young girl seeing that first, there was ideas of what sex is supposed to be in the body and femininity and masculinity. Like, yeah. man, did it contort me in many ways. And I know I'm still healing from that today when it comes yeah. to the intimacy with my husband, which uh, I'm like, Lord, continue to do your good work. But yeah, yeah, could we talk more about that? Because it's rampant. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah, I would just say it. we live in a culture that has normalized and sexualized our bodies and giving them away. And pornography violates men and women on the most horrific level, rather than sex being this transforming, restorative thing that becomes deforming. Mm -hmm. And the ideas and the experiences that enter into it um, have these devastating effects because it's this great gift mm-hmm. and it has this great power and influence mm-hmm. to bless us, to restore us, to connect us. And when you take it out of context, you weaponize it, you turn uh, people into less than people. Mm-hmm. I think the carnage that has taken place is epic and tragic. And, mm-hmm. and all you've got to do today is click a button. You don't even have to click a button. You just have to go online. I get email, I get little phishing things that show up. Yeah. Uh when I'm going through my messages, when I'm doing anything that uh will just click on it and go, take you directly to a site that's just you know pornographic. And so I, I think it's everywhere. I don't think it's going away. We're we're like believers that we're living in Corinth or, or Ephesus in a yeah. culture that's sexualized yeah. and, a, and yeah. idolatry, idolatry and sexual mm-hmm. and spirituality. We're we're living in that time, but I don't know that we're uh, we're talking about how we're making sense of these things, and that's that's something that I think um, we should be doing. We should be doing something different. We should be talking about it, yeah. looking at it, and sort of removing some of the shame and the rest yeah. of those things, and um, yeah. bringing it to the light. Yeah, I want to ask you. I want to ask on this. When you say less than people, because I think that phrase is super interesting, because I think that is God is always restoring our humanity, right? Yeah. And in this area, you go, it is making us less than human, which is interesting concept. When you think about it, you go, mm-hmm. we're meant to be, we're meant to, to have sex. Like that is part of like us being connected mm-hmm. in like we're aroused and we have nerve endings and 
we, mm-hmm. and, and we're visually stimulated. There's a lot of things in us that are meant to respond. And yeah. so I think that's the part that feels so tricky with the church entering into the conversation or Christianity in general is like, how do we enter into that conversation? Cause we're, are, we are made for it. Right. That it's tricky to enter into the conversation and go, yeah, we, we believe that we're sexual beings. Right. But in that, when it makes us less than people, what, what do you, what do you mean by that when you say Well, that? I, I think for men, <clears throat> the little progression is always straight into the pit. There's some temptation and men can be aroused and entrapped and drawn in by sexual images and ideas. Mm-hmm. There's this temptation as soon as they bite on it, uh, what follows up with that then is the accusation of the enemy. You are mm-hmm. pathetic. You call yourself a believer. You call yourself. And right after the accusation is the condemnation. Mm. You're not worthy of anything. Mm. If anyone in your life even knew about this, they would just, they would drive you out. And after the condemnation is the resignation. There's no way out. I'll never be free. Mm. Uh, I have to keep hiding, which will suck the life out of me. Or if I were to talk to my wife or my pastor, they would look at me in a way I've had men say, I would rather die than see the disappointment on my wife's face or my daughter's face. And I've had men contemplate and I'm sure some that have taken their life going, I don't want to be alive and see the hurt and the devastation that this is going to bring. Man, is uh, and so they're, they're addicted to something that makes Shoot. them hate themselves. Shoot. Right. And I got to tell you, if you want to know what hell is, yeah. be addicted to something that fills you with condemnation and suffering. That's hell. Yeah. And men that are, Going when Paul said, "I'm doing the very things I don't want to do." Who can set me free from Mm -hmm. this body of death? It is a cry of his Mm -hmm. something that has gripped him and is destroying him from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And and he asks a who question, not a what or how. Who can? Who can set me free from this body of death? The only thing that can deliver us from our deepest hurt and deepest pain is a who, not a what or a how. What. Yeah, it takes a who yeah. to deliver us. And then he says, thanks, Pete. There is no condemnation. Yeah. <clears throat> Christ comes, not with justice. Mm-hmm. Christ comes to deliver and say there's no condemnation. So good. It's self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. It's damaging and devastating, and you're completely guilty of choosing. And he comes yep. to deliver without condemnation. Yeah. And I got to tell you, when for a man or for Paul to cry out and go, "I need a savior," yeah. not a technique, not a program. I need a savior because yeah. I cannot loose myself. Yeah. Uh, man, and, and who who other than Christ would come to the pit of hell? Yeah. To say, let me lead you out. Who other than Christ has the power to do that? Um, so it's powerful and devastating and tragic. And Christ is powerful, even in the face of that. Man, I'm, I'm having a hard time not thinking of Robbie Zacharias. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like yes. I'd, I'd rather be dead than anyone to know this. And But the devastation that comes anyways, to know yeah. that you're gripped by something that had to have been a living hell. But right. yet you continue because you're gripped. Yeah. yeah. And the truth is, 
that's both for men and women. And um, I think that we have to lock arms with one another to have, first, you have to say it out loud that that's what's happening because mm-hmm. part of why it grows, it's because it's in the dark, right? Yeah, so the darkness right. helps something grow like that, like mold. Yeah. So you go, it's just growing more and more. And so saying it out loud and asking for help, and we need somebody who will stand with us against the battle battling. I mean, that's why prayer is more than one. That's why going into battle is more than one. That's why Jesus sends more than one. He sends them out two by two. There's something about the power of linking arms with other people and getting the kind of help that you need. If you have a destructive pattern that way. Now, can I ask? It, yeah. it, what's the, and I'm just going to play this out from your view, Dawn and, and Renee, of a, a male confesses, goes, I've got to come free. I want to get free. And you're married to your wife and you just don't know how the devastation is going to play out, but you do it. What is the role of the wife? Can the wife, pl- I mean, right. She, I've heard that they can't be the accountability partner in a sense of it's, it's too like crushing. It's too much that there needs to be accountability outside of the the wife. And, but what, yet what is the the role of the spouse who feels betrayed? Yeah. I think you need a large dose of discernment to know how you partner with, with your spouse. I would say that not telling your spouse, which we've heard that I don't think is ideal. I don't think it's ideal to say, I'm only going to be in this accountability group think you get other help and you get other things that set you up well on your computer, on your phone, um, with groups, but to have your wife not involved in it, she goes, I can't handle it because that'll make me feel too insecure or, and I get all of that, the insecurity and the things that will come for the wife in that. Right. But he actually, we believe that he actually is needing her. Yeah, in that the process, help. The, sure. the help, right. Yeah. And so it's not that that's the only help, just saying that to not tell, because we've yeah. seen that situation where they're like, I can't tell her. And I go, that's like a secret living inside your house. And yeah. so yeah. to not ha- ever say it out loud, it's not that it's the only help. It's just that right. having her yeah. be in your corner and praying for you. I don't want to lose. I don't want to have Don battle something by himself. Yeah. Nor does he want me to be battling things by right. myself. Right. So us battling something together has a different kind of um, position and place. And we actually can get the ground back that we've lost that yeah. territory if we're yeah. together in that yeah. process. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think the support and encouragement men can give each other is amazing. But I think the counsel that says we'll just talk amongst ourselves is limiting. Mm. Uh, I can't tell my wife because she'll be devastated. She will be devastated. You know why? Sexual sin is devastating. Yes. She's already being devastated. (laughs) Right. That's right. But you're huddled up with your accountability group. She's already being devastated by what's happening. Yeah. It's just not in the light. Yep. Right. It's already happening. Yeah. So sparing her from pain that's already taking place is a real tricky thing to kind of go. If I tell her, she may leave me. I go, she might. Yeah. Or she might stay. Yeah. And join you. Yeah. And say, I'm going to love you anyways. And I want to be with you. And I want us to get through it. And your life might get transformed. So your wife might leave you. But if she stays, you'll have a different and better life. And if she goes, then you're going to have to find a provision for that. But, But trying to manage sexual sin apart 
from healing with your wife, I think is long-term, not a, not a restoring strategy. Okay. It might be a crisis thing to do to pull it together, Start, yeah. but yeah, we get stuck in those yeah. accountability groups. The guys in your groups aren't being affected by your sexual sin. Your wife is. <laughs> you have a covenant yeah. with your wife, not, your not guys the guys on Tuesday nights <laughs> that give the report, right? You have a covenant yeah. with your covenant partner. And so yeah. you should be with fear and trembling going, hey, I, you know what? If I do this, I'm going to talk to my wife about it. That yeah. should be present when you're at that point of going, whatever I do, I'm going to talk to my wife. Yeah. That that's the right kind of uh, pressure. That's I think. good. So, yeah. and that, that that goes back to the oneness thing of what you, what happens to one. It's it's both anyways, and kind right. of that that not knowing uh, makes me think of people who like they know that there's something wrong, like they're sick and they can't find an answer. They can't find an answer, and they're just kind of going crazy, like what is it? Was it? And there's almost relief when there's a diagnosis, right? They're like, okay. It's this. I don't love that it's this, but at least now I know it's this because now we can do something about it, right? So I think that's a similar thing for someone that's like, I know that something's going on, but I can't rebuild anything without. Yeah, and I would say I've worked with women who have set up, they've got credit cards going that they're spending and their husband doesn't know about it. They're struggling with eating disorders. There you go. Come on. Their husband. Come on. Women don't medicate usually with sexuality. They medicate with food and shopping, mm, um, mm. but they hide it in their relationships. Mm. And when they do, it doesn't heal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I say to a woman, she goes, I've got three credit cards. They're maxed out. If I tell my husband to leave me and I go, yep, he might. He might. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. been, he might. <laughs> I've been binging and purging for five years. Mm. He doesn't know if I tell him he may leave me and he might, mm. but he might join me. That's right. And he might say, you're not alone and I'm not going to leave you here and let's figure it out. And you might heal. So women medicate with different things. There isn't the same kind of shame around food and shopping as there is around sexuality, but there's the same kind of destructiveness when you hide things. I want to say one more thing. That's really good. Um, One more thing about bringing our history into our marriage. So I came from a background where I was sexually active. And so I um, had to have a period of time where I was just praying things for my body, images I've seen, places I'd been, just the things that I'd been involved in, right? And there was a place of like the Lord bringing healing back to all of the things inside of our bodies. So if you haven't explored that, then that's worth kind of looking at going pretending as though things didn't happen that you weren't involved in. We know people who get into marriage and they've never really told, and I'm not talking about specifics because I don't think that's helpful, but if you've never really come clean about your history, that's, that's another part that can really affect your marriage um, Mm. too. So knowing what your history is and being able to say that out loud is another part of it. Like our history is coming into, it's flowing into our marriage and so um, even knowing that you can be, have someone pray for you and pray those things, those places where you have had, they have used the term soul ties, where you've had those things where you've been connected to something else and having somebody just pray those for you and pray, yeah. go through that process. I would say too, sex is not the original sin and it's not the unforgivable sin. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It's not either one of those. Christ mm-hmm. is bigger and greater than our sexual sin. Amen. Other than one virgin Mary in the new Testament, <laughs> everybody else has yeah. had a pretty colorful life. 
<laughs> and they're all followers of Jesus yeah. and they're all welcome. And he sees them all and he welcomes them all and he uses all of them and he redeems and restores and releases them into the world. And we got one virgin of the whole group. Um, yeah. Everybody else is invited as well. And I think yeah. sometimes we made sexuality, we, we made it so much and yep. we made it the final statement over our lives. God buys our bodies back too. Amen. Everything right. gets brought back. Right. Everything right. gets redeemed. And your history is not your destiny and it's not your identity. Yeah. What you did is what you did. And the blood of Christ is bigger God, and truer. That's right. And we're not those things. We're not those choices or behaviors. <laughs> we shouldn't participate in that, believe that, or act. Yeah. So I think in the health part, can I say something about yeah. that? So us just being healthy, being able to have conversation. I remember early on in our marriage, us being able just to talk about our bodies and our and the things sexually with one another, us discovering uh, each other and our experience of that. I remember early on, I was like, okay, there's times when you want to have sex and I've got like seven minutes because I have to get the kids to school. Right. And there's times when maybe I have a little bit longer, but it's not much longer. I have maybe 20, 25 minutes. Like I'm looking at the clock on all the things. Right. And, um, and just different things. We all bring our bodies and have different kind of inclinations about all of it. Right. How we're Mm -hmm. responding. And then sometimes we're like, wow, we have, we have the whole night. We have the whole weekend. We have the whole weekend. So we kind of name those as different restaurants and different places. So when some, when I go, you know what, we can do quick trip sex. Like that's about as much time as I have right now before I have to explain quick trip. That's a convenience store here in Arizona, like a 7-Eleven or a Circle K quick trip. Right. So it's like, it's a great convenience store. Got everything you need. Corn nuts, beef jerky. <clears throat> right. But you yeah. get, you uh, like Red a Bull. shot at quick trip. You get a tank of gas, a really good drink and some corn nuts. You're, You're in on and your out way. Of five You're minutes. on your way. It's yes. fantastic. Right. Quick trip. So we Got call it. that quick trip sex. Like we're not going to be able to do the whole luxurious night. Right. And then we call the second one. That's like a little bit longer, but not as much as something that would be a full evening. We call that Applebee's sex. So we Applebee's like, sex. nothing wrong with Applebee's. <laughs> okay. I'm going to work on that riblets. All right. Does, I'm not sure about that, but okay. It's everything, everything's okay. It's pretty good. You don't write, you don't make diary journals about Applebee's because it's not. <laughs> I'm going to have to call, I'm going to have to call your Applebee's my, my true food. I'm going to just call okay, it. Okay. True, true food. food. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. True food. That is probably a better modern day <laughs> one to say. A little That's less honest. Right. A, it's, le- a it's little good. less dated. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, we don't even go to Applebee's. That's just funny. Yeah. And then uh, our last one is like Ruth Chris. Like that's a Ruth nice Chris steak dinner. Yeah. Right. Resort. It's sex. a resort mm-hmm. sex. That's another one we call it. <clears throat> is so you go, wow, we have the whole evening to enjoy each other, to warm up in conversation, yeah, to understand nice what's going on with each yeah. other, to explore. Like all those things are happening and you go. This is this is resort sex. This is like yeah, luxurious, like, luxurious, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, the other one that I want to say on that is sometimes I realize like I need to talk in order for us to have sex, right? I'm like, we need to connect. I need totally. to know what's going on, right? Yep. yep. And sometimes I would realize Don needs to have sex so we can talk. Yep. So you 100%. go, you have to know like which thing is happening, and you go. It's not always one or the other. It's not like we need to have sex. We can talk or we need you. You kind of go, we have to decide, right? It goes both ways. And so us understanding our bodies, understanding our minds, 
understanding what's going on with us while we're having sex. Like that's all, that's the vulnerability. It's the garden thing that we're talking about, right? I was going to ask that too, just in all practicality. So as we're learning our bodies, because we're still continuing to learn our bodies. So play that out because I know my people, but people are like, what's the training program? Like, so during (laughs) sex, there's like just talking like, and here's what happens now. Like what, how does that play out? Oh, yeah. That's or a you good talk question. about it before you have sex. What, what? Yeah, I'd, I'd say you know, <clears throat> sex is the is the last part of naked, right? Um, if you're emotionally naked, mm. uh, if you're relationally naked, if you're spiritually naked, getting naked, naked, you go, wow, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but if you're not, if you're just going, let's take our clothes off and be naked, we haven't really talked about, we haven't really resolved, we haven't really. Uh, connected and anything other, we're just taking our clothes off and trying to have sex. Anything unresolved is going to show up mm. when you try to get naked, naked. Because mm. our bodies, our bodies don't do a good job of pretending. It's good. True our bodies don't do a good job of avoiding, yeah. Yeah. right? Our brains keep, keep track of the pictures and the captions about our histories and our futures, but our bodies keep track of the pain. And the hopes and the fears. That's right. And if you've got some hopes or hurts or fears and you're trying to be one Mm. and you haven't really owned or processed or looked at, that's going to be a little bit wiggy Yeah. to sort of go, I don't know how to give myself all the way to you because I haven't given myself all the way to you. Yeah. Now we're trying to enjoy our bodies. Yeah. Now we're trying to say, what do you like? What do you like? And we're like, I don't, I don't even, not even connected to me. Right. Right. The, the best sex is not the best technique. You have your best sex with your best friend. That's and if the friendship and the relationship is great, you know what? You'll figure out your bodies. You can talk to each other and go, you know, that's not so good. How about this? Um, but if you don't have a connection, sex is going to be, and you're trying to get more out of it that's through good. technique, yeah. Yeah. you're probably going to come up short. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. good. You should, you should okay. like make a worksheet out of that. <laughs> The best naked. Yeah. The best best naked, right. The best naked. But I do think what he's hitting on is all all of who we are comes into the bedroom. And so just by kind of having one of the things we do even at our retreats is we always do a new uh, list of questions, just asking questions. And we do everything from like, who was your best teacher growing up to what's your favorite sandwich to what's Mm -hmm. the what lie are you believing right now? Mm-hmm. So like all these different kinds of questions and we let people do that. And one of the things people come back is like, wow, we felt really connected after yep. we were just talking to each other. Yep. Hearing, and some of them are funny. Some of them are silly. Some of them are deep. Some of them are, are places where you're reflect, reflecting on what's really happened to you. But the truth is you're staying in a posture of being a student of the other person, mm-hmm. trying to understand them, connect with them, right? Hearing the new story. Mm-hmm. Just, just the other day, Don and I were talking and I go, I've never heard that story. Mm-hmm. Like two things that I've never heard him talk about. And I was like, I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're still exploring one another. And that's true it's inside good. of sex too, yeah. right? We're still exploring. There's still more to be discovered about who we are. Because if we're being transformed by the Lord and who he has made us to be, we're continuing to grow and change. And I want to get to know the person that Don is today versus the person he was a week ago. 
So us continuing to get to know each other is a part of the posture and us understanding. So that connection of asking questions is another one. Yeah. I think some things, some things, if you age them well, yeah, uh, they actually don't get stale or they actually get richer. Right. Yeah. And so you kind of go, you age it well, and then you kind of go, wow, it's getting more, more nuanced. It's getting more flavor. It's getting, I was talking with a friend last night. We were talking about the joy of sipping whiskey and, the longer it's in the barrel, the you know, the, this the richer, deeper flavors just from being inside and letting those things marinate. And I think the idea that we're somehow peaking at 25 and then we're going gently into the night, you kind of go, if your relationship is aging well, mm. um, then I don't think, you know, uh, you, you can have some of the most quality experiences uh, that, that come through your history. It's good. Rather than just, you know. Yeah. And, and that was actually a question that how do couples age well together, especially as it relates to their bodies? Um, everything's changing, sex to hormones. How can couples thrive in that getting older? I mean, I think you hit on that, but anything else to add? I just want to highlight that you're talking about aging. Yeah. I think, I think all the different seasons are acknowledging them and understanding what's happening and us having a good, us having connection while we're going through it, the things that are happening to my body and what's happening with me affect on directly. So yeah. for me to keep it separate and go, Oh no, I'm good. Or I'm ashamed of it <clears throat> with my body changing as I get older, then I'm not inviting him into that. And us having a conversation about it and us understanding what, what feels like things are coming against me in a different season and vice versa. So yeah. aging well, is like this interesting thing of going, we want to we want to be who we are exactly at the day that we are. So I don't want to pretend as though yeah, I'm 25 again. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to go, I'm, I'm this age right now. And I want to be this age right now. Yeah. And so I want to stay current with the things that are happening inside of my body. And we also want to stay in a current place as far as exercise and rest. And you might need more rest than you did before as you get older. And you might need a different kind of schedule. You go that that's worth paying attention to. We have conversations about the things during the year that we're like, hey, what have we noticed about our bodies and about our minds? And what kind of I'm enrolled in a spiritual formation class right now because I really wanted to be learning more right now. And Don mm-hmm. totally goes, we should do that. That's a really valuable thing. Let's invest in you that way. All those things are part of what contribute to our connection, which which ends up being in the area of our relationship growing and aging well. Yeah. First Peter 4, 8 says to love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Mm-hmm. You're living with a broken, sinful person mm-hmm. and you are as well. So love deeply, offer each hospitality without grumbling. And hospitality, you know, if you're a super Airbnb host, mm-hmm. you host people. And it says yeah. for hospitality with, without grumbling, without resentment without eye holes, without uh, those other things. Hospitality is the root word that we use for hospital, which means healing. Yeah, that's good. You know what? How do I host? If if I'm focused on hosting Renee and she's focused on hosting me and not negotiating our differences, but we're hosting another, we'll probably find a place that our bodies, uh, we can do something with and for one another if we're hosting with one another. We're competing with one another, we're negotiating with one another, mm-hmm. there'll probably be some grumbling mm. and some resentment yeah. and some withholding. Yeah. And you know what? That's just not that good. It's not that enjoyable, yeah. right? Somebody's grumbling 
while they're serving you, it's not that good. Well, even with sex, it's like, it's not about performance. <clears throat> it's about serving the other and understanding the other, which yeah. gets you to a very different place sexually. Yeah, it's <clears throat> good. If you're serving one another and trying to understand the other person's body and what's going on, you get to a very different place, right? That's awesome. Than if you go yeah. performance. Yeah. Last thing I'd yeah. say, they did a big survey some years ago on sexuality in the United States. They looked at married couples, single couples, heterosexual couples, uh, LGBT couples. They looked at everything. Yeah. And they said, who's having the most sex and the best sex in America? Uh, this was a big study that Cosmopolitan Magazine did. And when they crunched the data and they came back, this one group was crushing it. Yeah. Uh, married couples who prayed three times a week. That's so good. Yeah. Having knockout sex, so uh, which was a very surprising find for them to go, what's up with married couples who are praying? <laughs> praying. They are getting it done, right? right? And sort of like going, well, that's that's an act of intimacy and connection. And and so the I, I think Christians are having the best sex in America, yeah. the ones who are married and praying. Um, because you sort of go, uh, and because there's a union mm-hmm. and good. any kind of connection leads to expression all the way through, including our bodies. It's good. Okay. We're running out of time. Um, I know we wanted to ask the question of how to stay on page, on the same page in different seasons, but I think we've covered that. And what I would like to yeah. do is drive people to, um, you have like a, uh, kind of a, a free download or something oh, yeah. on how yeah. people can fight better, which sounds something along that line of how do we stay yeah. on the same page? How, we're having difference, difficulties or different differences. How do we stay with one another and even do that tension of fighting better together? So what can they do to get that? Yeah, I think we realize that conflict ends up being this place where people don't know what to do. They get to conflict and they bring their own family systems yep. and they don't know how to get all the way through. So we made this as a way to walk people all the way through. We kind of hold their hands going, do something before, understand how you have conflict together, and then do something after. So you can go to marriageandgo.com and it's a free PDF on how to fight well. So it's actually walks them all the way through. They can set aside time and it'll walk all the way through of going, what are we doing? Like understanding it before you get to the conflict. Most of us don't think about it. So we're in the conflict. Yeah, that went poorly. Like what happened? <laughs> you go, oh, we did the we did the last bad thing that we did last time. We fought. Yeah. We yeah. got into the ditch. We didn't resolve it. And we didn't talk for a couple of days. Now we're back at it again. Like you go, okay, can we do something differently? And so we wanted to help people with conflict resolution and this whole idea of rules of engagement, which is just how do we have something that keeps us in the bumpers inside the lane, bowling down the bowling lane and going, yeah. how do we stay inside that that we get to get through the conflict and get to the other side? And I just want to embrace the fact that you guys being connected to Revelation Wellness and doing Revel TV and doing all these things, there's this element of growing, which is clunky. It's clunky, right? And we're like, I don't want to do that. It's so awkward and clunky. No, that's the whole point. Mm, and so good. like download the worksheet and, and make it clunky because nothing happens yeah. without that that type of this Oh my gosh, sucks. so true. Um, and, and even to the point, I, I have this picture of all of our instructors 
they have to finish their training, they have, they have to turn, face a few peers and teach them, right? It's the first time in their right. life to right. turn. And, and they see us teaching on WebVault TV and like, we've been doing it for years. It's not clunky anymore. It's what we've done. But once upon a time, I had to stand in front of people, hold my notes, feel super clunky and it doesn't look polished and pretty. But that's where it began so that I could be grow into my college. So I just want to encourage everyone, like, this is the clunky community. This is the community that's messy, sweaty, fall down, get up. Can I try that again? That's something you have taught me, Don and Renee, is that didn't go right. Can I try that again? It's, it's like if a, a client of mine couldn't do the squat right, I wouldn't be like, you know what? Never do those again. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> let's try those again. We can try it again. And again and again. And so, you guys, virtual marriage retreat, reconnect. It is open now. Sign up for it now. Swipe up on the show notes. So, you're going to get more of this. What you've heard in the last two episodes, mm-hmm. Don and Renee, their heart, um, the real, true engagement of relationship, all the things, no holds bar. Come and we hope that you will be blessed immensely. I know you will. So, swipe up to get more information. That is August 20th and 21st. Get Don and Renee, swipe up on the show notes to get this free download on how to fight better. Anything else in closing, Don and Renee? Um, I would say it's worth it. Right? Oswald Chambers said, everything worth having is expensive. <laughs> the real decision is what's worth having. Amen. And I think a great relationship with Christ, ourselves and each other, that is worth having. Always. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I, I just want to say I'm really grateful to be involved with Revelation Wellness, and it's really been amazing to watch the um, years that God has been faithful to the ministry and the heart of the people involved in it and watching it grow to the place where we could be contributing to marriages is really is really kind of God. So fun. Yeah. It's so fun. So, and it's so fun because it's a full circle for me because truly... Again, start this ministry came out of my brokenness, out of my lack of love of being chosen, of being desired or wanted. And so God called me to this and I came clunky and broken, but seeing this full totality of not only my personal marriage where God has taken it and 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 by the way, spoiler alert, Simon is no longer an atheist. He loves the Lord uniquely, <laughs> his own way. So thing God does tie things up. Sometimes it's not a perfect, pretty little bow. It is nowhere perfect or pretty. Trust me, I still have my list that I have to burn often of things I would like to see different in his spiritual walk and all the stupid things that we come up with. But mm-hmm. I've learned to burn them and say God is better and mm-hmm. he's worthy. Yeah. So Amen. All right, Amen. you guys, we hope to see you. Thank you, Don and Renee. Um, we'll see you all in the virtual marriage retreat. Peace. Mm-hmm.